We all have a unique story that shapes who we are, but we are also in control of that story. Stay tuned to hear what this has to do with today's special guest, Lucy King. Yes, you are here. Bienvenida to the Her Dinero Matters podcast, a mixed language podcast hosted by me, Jen Hemphill, to help you become the reign of your money and love your dinero more. If you are needing some inspiration and encouragement at this very moment, you have come to the right place. Gracias por compartir este tiempo conmigo. Now let's jump in to today's Dose of Money Confidence. times in your life, you have to acknowledge how far you have come. And I'm curious, do you take the time to do this? Because by doing this, it allows you to change the direction of your life. This is Jen Hempel, your host, and I am so happy you are here. Today, we're going to meet our special guest, Lucy King, and learn about her journey, which involves over 20 moves back and forth from the U.S. to Mexico, and how books and her outlook on life grounded her perspective and allowed her to shift the direction of her life. A little bit about Lucy. She is a financial and business coach, speaker, and founder of Viva La Budget and Finance. She's also the first person in her family to become an investor, and you will definitely hear about this stirring experience. Lista, let's go meet Lucy. Bienvenida, Lucy. I am so thrilled to have you here. I know we've connected maybe a year ago, and you're finally here. So I'm excited to have this conversation with you, get to know you, and yeah, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this moment when Jen gets to ask me questions. So thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Well, questions I have. (laughs) Questions I do have. Let's start with As usual with this podcast, our tradition is to know your money story. So take us back in time, Lucy. Tell us a little bit about your upbringing, your experiences, any lessons that have really impacted how you think, manage your relationship with money. So let's start there. What a powerful question. And I want to say that I come from very humble beginnings. So I was raised by a single mother who was constantly working, multiple jobs, always on the go, always wanting to just work, work, work to have money. And by the time I was 18 years old, I have moved, I want to say, 22 times because we either had to, I guess, go to another area where my mom could not didn't need to go to be on a bus for longer hours. So I was constantly moving because she was chasing a better pay or because she was chasing just having to go from job A to job B without having to commute so much. And so that really shaped the way not only I feel about money or felt about money, but also my relationship with having a community and even trusting people. For the longest time, I didn't want to have new friends because I knew that maybe next week I'm not going to be here any longer. 
And there were times when money wasn't around. And so we were not even living paycheck to paycheck. We were living like with no money. And so we had neighbors that will help my mom financially or even say, you don't have to worry about feeding your kids. Like we have food for them, right? And so a lot of scarcity around money, a lot of overworking. And for me, one of the things that really helped me, I guess, just believe that there was a better way, right? I'm so young and I have no idea what the world has for me. But one of the things that really helped me was the mentality or the idea that education who helped me get there, right? Because my mom kept saying that over and over, like, if you have an education, you're going to be better off. So because we moved so much, I never had a formal education where you go to school for uh, a couple of years. Like I've always had to study on the go. And so I was doing what is so popular right now as online schooling when I was like 12 years old, because I just wanted to get ahead Books definitely shaped the way I think about myself. Books became almost like my Bible in a way, like I have to learn something. I have to find a way to get ahead. And so after we were moving constantly between Mexico and the U.S., I also grew up with this idea that I didn't belong anywhere. Like I wasn't from here. I wasn't from there, right? Like, ni de aquí, ni de allá, like the same. And so... People will always ask me, like, where are you from? Are you from here? And then when we went to Mexico, people will say, well, you have an accent. Where are you from? I grew up with that identity of, like, I don't belong in places. I don't belong in rooms. I had my first job when I was 16 years old as a housekeeper because I was so embarrassed to ask my mom for money to buy running shoes. I found a coach that said, you have something that is going to shape the way you live, who you are, and is going to get you farther. And he was very instrumental, actually, in my education, because he said, you have to get in track and feel you have to become part of this group, because I see something in you. And I thought, well, he's just kind of maybe thinking that I'm special, but I'm really not, right? And so I got my first job as a housekeeper. I worked my way up in corporate America until I became a general manager. I was constantly denied salary increases, I was told that, oh, we can only give you 3%. Oh, you're already making too much. And at that point, I didn't understood how my relationship with money was keeping me from really asking for my worth. And in 2019, I left this job because I was just not happy with what I was doing. And I was also struggling with being a mom and being a top executive because there was no balance whatsoever. And having this mentality of like, I have to work, 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 because I saw that growing up, right? I saw my mom, how she was just on the go, even eating in the car or sometimes not even having breakfast. Like I thought that that was the only way to leave. And so when I quit my job, I mean, I've learned so much that really has brought me here today to be with you. There is so much there, Lucy, and I didn't know all of this about you. I mean, I know a little bits and pieces, but this is fascinating to me because some of the things that I caught was you mentioned community in terms of the times that your mom didn't have enough to like fruit. The community came together to support you. You also mentioned not getting the pay raises because you didn't know your worth. And even though 
what I know about you, you are a superstar, <laughs> you're super intelligent. And I'm like, but it happens to a lot of us, right? Absolutely. Because we don't know what we don't know. And what I really also love about what you've shared too, is that, you know, you got your job as a housekeeper at 16 years of age, because you didn't want to ask your mom for money. And at this time, were you still doing the, I I don't know if we want to call it homeschool, online school, were you doing that as well at this time? Because you are always about the books, right? And I have seen that even when I (laughs) met you. At this point, we were fully established in Oregon in a very rural, a small community. And at that point, I was already in a normal high school, but I was also older than everybody else because we moved so much. Like most people, I believe, graduate by the time they're 18. And I didn't graduate when I was 18. I graduated when I was 21 because I was moving. And I remember somebody saying like, oh, you're a super senior. And I had no idea what that meant at all. (laughs) Right. I mean, I'm just amazed by you, just even just learning what I've learned uh, today about you and everything, you know, your mom. And now, do you have siblings or was it you and your mom? No, I have two brothers and two sisters. I am the youngest one in the family and the one that, you know, the first of everything. (laughs) Right, right, right. So I'm curious to know, because obviously, you have, or obviously to me, because I know, but not for you listening, you have become a professional, you now have gone on to own your own business, and you're doing really well. So what do you think shifted? Because you had this mindset of scarcity, you've had this mindset of, well, it's not going to get any better from what I heard, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. No, no. You had this mindset of like, well, this is all I'm going to get in terms of money. This is the limit, right? So what do you think, what helped you shift into what you were doing before to what you're doing now in terms of the amount of money that you can make that is like not an issue with you? What do you think helped you as number one? And I'm also curious if you're willing to talk about it in terms of your siblings, have they been able to evolve like you have, or are they having difficulties as a result of like your upbringing? Thank you for those questions. So one of the things that really helped me is my curiosity. Like I wanted answers and I know that this is One of the most difficult things for people to really do, take the first step into wondering, what if, what if there's more? And so my curiosity led me to finding people like yourself and Janice, because I didn't see Latinas that were talking about money. I didn't see Latinas that were really talking about wealth building, right? I never saw myself as someone who become an investor. And I dive deep into understanding my relationship with money because by the time I was seven, I was already exposed to so much financial trauma. And I didn't know that such a thing exists. Like I didn't even know the financial trauma is something that we experience as immigrants or as first-gen Latinas. And once I understood that there was something that I needed to dive deep into to help me understand my relationship with money, to help me grow my mindset, and of course, to help me grow my business and make money, right? And even feeling worthy of it too. 
And so I put myself in a cohort that is called Trauma of Money, where we dive deep into the psychology of money, how money decisions really impact like everything we do. And I'm not going to lie, it wasn't comfortable. <laughs> it was the opposite of that. It was very uncomfortable. I remember being in this group of amazing, amazing individuals. And I was feeling like as if I was being rebirthed. It sounds kind of corny, but that's what it did for me, right? And so once I dive into that, I said, okay, I know what I need to do. And I felt healed, literally, from my financial trauma. And that's when the shift happened for me. Because I am a positive person. I am someone who it's always like, yeah, you can do things. But once I understood that, I was like, it's not just saying it. Like I can actually feel it. <laughs> and that changed for me. And then in terms of like my family, at the beginning of my journey, it was hard for them to see that there was something better for us. Because like you're saying, we only know what we know. And so when we start going beyond what our families had built for us, it's such a scary thing. And for them at the beginning, it was like, oh, estás loca. What do you mean we can do that? And I have a sister who raised me and she has become an investor now. And for her to be able to do that herself, to take care of herself financially, to be able to buy a low cost index fund, for her to physically do that, it has been life changing for her. Not everyone is on board. Not all of my siblings are ready to make the jump. But I'm changing one life at a time, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> that is amazing. And so your sister became an uh, investor as a result of you helping. And oh my gosh, that brings all the feelings. That is beautiful. Now, you said something earlier, and I have so many questions, but I'm going to try to keep them. Because <laughs> you, you're saying so many things. I'm like, oh, and I want to ask about this and about this and about that. <laughs> I'm taking a quick second to interrupt your listening to remind you, this show relies on your support to continue to grow. If you get a ton of value, it would mean everything if you can hit the follow button on wherever you listen to, share with a friend, and give us a quick and honest review. Gracias y te mando muchos abrazos. You said something earlier. You mentioned you were in a cohort where you were able to heal from the trauma. You also mentioned, I don't know if it's a question. We'll see. And then you also mentioned that you are a positive person. So I wanted to bring up that for those listening, you may be a positive person, but that doesn't mean you don't have trauma to navigate. Exactly. And that, I think that's what you were saying, that you've always been this positive person. Mm -hmm. Okay. I just wanted to highlight that because I think that's very, very important. Now, Lucy, you do have another specific story. and I'm sure you have lots of stories. And I encourage you, Lucy, because I mean, just what you share today is just so powerful that I hope that with your podcast, with everything that you do, that you share these stories because it's powerful and it's an important to do. So that was a side note. Now, you also have a story that you had shared online with me about when you got into the financial education space, which is wasn't too long ago, right? It was four years ago now. Four years ago. Okay. So four yes. years ago is when you had like the shift, everything started shifting, correct? 
Oh, yeah. But I've been building along the way. <laughs> right, right, right. Building along the way, but like the bigger shift. Okay. Now, you have a story that when you got into the financial education space, you were denied financial advice. Talk to us about that. Yeah. Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. So after my husband and I paid off 220000 in student loan debt, we were ready to do what was next, right? Like this part of the American dream, we, we purchased a home, we started having a family and we decided, okay, well, we need to do something that is going to help us get there. And my husband is the first of everything to just like me. He's not Latino. He's not Hispanic, but he is the first one to go to college. He comes from very humble beginnings. So our upgrades are almost the same and we knew we wanted better for our kids. So we have paid off debt and I started looking into, hey, let's start our journey. And at this point, by now I'm in a master's program because again, that conditioning to overwork and to always go to school was very real for me. And through that process, I learned about investing. I went and seek advice from someone and I was told that I needed $100,000 to start investing. And at that point, I feel like a failure, right? It's like, wow, I gone to school, I've studied, I have all of these things. And now there's like another barrier that is coming my way. And I'm not new to like challenges and adversity, but I was already exhausted, to be honest with you. And so I went and seek advice from another person. And what this person told me is what really inspired me to say, I got to do something. So I went, talked to another financial advisor. This is the second one now. And she told me, oh, yeah, I can definitely help you. You do need 100000 to start investing, which I already knew, right, from the previous one. And then I asked her, oh, out of curiosity, how many clients do you have that are Latina or women of color? And she said, I have zero. And I live in a community where Hispanics are big. And so I said, how come you don't have that many clients? And she told me, I just don't seek those demographics. We don't seek those demographics. Wow. And at that point, I knew there was something wrong. Yeah, you don't seek I was those like, demographics. Uh, yeah, I was like, what is going on? So I came back. And again, I was like, well, I got to find the person who's going to give me this advice. And I started looking. I remember driving back and I was crying. I'm not going to lie. I was crying. Got home, got on the computer and started Googling financial planner Latina. <laughs> Nothing. Everyone around me was white men. They were some women, but they were also white. And so I started even looking for more. And so that's how I found you. And I found Janice. And I was like, who are these people? <laughs> Where are they? And I realized that financial education is not taught in schools. And I was so angry. I was like, I got to do something. So I started volunteering. That's how my business started, by the way. I started volunteering in my former high school talking to students about how to manage debt because at that point I feel pretty comfortable with teaching anybody how the best methods to pay off debt are, why they need to do it, all of these. And through the process, other people were asking me like, hey, the teachers are like, I don't know how to pay up my student loans. I don't know how to create a spending plan. I don't know how to do a budget. And so that's when everything clicked like, 
what is going on? Why are we not being taught this in school? And that's really how I started my business. That is beautiful. Now, so you went, and in terms of talking to, it was about two financial planners that told you the same thing. We can help you and you need 100K. So help us set the record straight. I don't think the people listening, but someone that you may know, for those listening, maybe a family member, definitely share this episode with them. Help us, Lucy, set the record straight in terms of investing. What do you need? Do you need 50000 80000 I mean, how can you start investing? People can start investing with little as $5 per month. Now, when it comes to investing, it's not just about saying, I'm going to go in and start doing it. Like you have to have a reason why you want to invest, right? Just like anything else, you go to college to become a nurse, you go to college to become a teacher, you go to college to become whatever. So finance is the same way. You have to have a reason. My reason is I want to create generational wealth. I want to leave enough money for not only my daughters to continue to grow the wealth, but also for their kids and their kids after them, right? And so you only need $5 to start. And if you're not comfortable with doing it yourself, you can definitely find a robo-advisor that can help you navigate that. But I'm passionate about teaching my clients to do it themselves. And here is why. Because when we feel confident about our money, we're able to help our community and you get your power back. You don't let anybody take that from you. I believe that at some point as I'm building wealth, I am probably going to find an advice for myself, right? But at the beginning, you have to believe that you have what it takes to start investing. So $100,000 is not what you need. You need $5 and you just have to have the desire to want to change your life. I love that. And investing doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be complicated. It's just about what you're doing. Like you, you immersed yourself and started learning. And it's just about wanting to do that. You have to want to do that. But if you don't, would you think robo, I mean, robo advisors, has this good, right? Like, I think RoboAdvisor feels like a more easy entry. Like if you don't want to immerse, if you just maybe just want to get started investing, if they just have some higher fees than if, if you Correct. were to open your own brokerage account. But I think, would you say maybe like if, if someone listening right now, Lucy is saying, yes, I want to invest, but I just don't have the time to learn would you say, and I'm not saying for you to give them advice because we're not giving advice. We're just providing Correct. education, <laughs> disclaimer, <laughs> disclaimer. But would you say like the robo-advisor would be like the least barrier to entry just to start? Honestly, in my experience, one of the things that keeps people from starting is the mindset, the believe that money is bad, that believe that wealth is not for them. So if you have a nine to five right now, the best way to start investing is through your 401k, your 403b, your 457. We have this idea that when we start contributing to this account, our employer is taking money from us. And no, they're not taking money from 
you at all. You are investing for retirement and you have to start there. Now, get curious about, okay, I'm contributing to my 401k, 403b, what's inside? What does it mean when I select my options and I put 10% here, 25% there, 35%? Get curious about what that means and ask questions. I believe in our community, we have this belief, right? That calladita te ves más bonita. Don't ask questions. Or even the fear to seem stupid. You know, I'm going to use that word that I don't like to use often, but we have this fear of like, I don't want to sound stupid. But guess what? If you're not asking questions, you're not learning. You're not evolving. And you have to start there. If you are someone who wants to do it yourself, which I highly recommend, you have to be willing to put in the time because yes, we are all busy. I mean, Jen, you have a podcast, you're an author, you do speaking engagement, you do so much, right? I am a mom. If I keep telling myself, I don't have the time, I'm going to see myself 20 years from now saying, I wish I would have listened to Lucy and Jen when they had the podcast, right? We don't want that. We don't have the leisure in our community to just wait until we feel ready. Go ask Jen, go ask Lucy, go ask all of these other Latinos that are talking about money. How can we do it? Yeah, and it's about prioritizing what is most important at this time. Yes, you may have all these things going on, but what are the top three things, let's say, you want to focus on? If investing, hopefully that is, because compound interest is a beautiful thing. Then, you know, make sure you just have those those priorities. It doesn't mean you have to ignore the other things that you have to do. But when you create priorities, you're going to find time to take action or do what you need to do towards those priorities. Now, I'm curious to know your take on this. What do you think, Lucy, is the biggest barrier to building generational wealth in our community? Great question. One of the things that I'm 100% convinced is the lack of education, the lack of access to financial education. Our kids are not learning these amazing ways to build wealth in school. We didn't learn it from our parents. So it is up to us to really redefine that way we think about money. It is so important for us to start building wealth and own it and say yes and be honest with ourselves. Like, I want more, right? I want more. So that is one of the barriers that we face as Latinos, the lack of financial education, the accessibility to it. In my opinion and my experience as I coach my clients, and I have been doing this for a while now, is the cultural beliefs around money. Like, oh, we're either on this bucket of money is evil or this bucket of money is greed. And if I have money, people are not going to like me. And we have to unlearn all of these cultural beliefs that really are not only keeping us from building well, but also underpay and constantly overworking. I recently learned from my mother about one of our friends who's like in a bad situation health-wise, right? And so our community need to understand that prioritizing their health is key to building wealth. We have to just really stop thinking that working hard is going to make us rich because it's not. It's not. It's a toll on your body. It's a toll on your mental health. And so we have to do that. And then for the listeners that are females, which I believe most of your audience is, is we have to put ourselves first. And what I mean by that is you have to invest in yourself. 
you know, assess where you are in your journey, in your life. If you need to hire a therapist, hire a therapist. If you need to work with any type of coach, do it. Invest in yourself. You don't have to do it alone. You can ask for help and you can get there faster. Love it. Now I have two more questions because I'm like, no, I'm going to ask these last two questions and we're (laughs) running out of time. But I have seen since the pandemic, the number of Latinos, Latinas, Latinx in the financial space just multiply. It's still a small number, but pre-pandemic, I didn't see as many Latinx in the financial space. Now it's growing. I'm curious to see what do you foresee changing in our community as more of us, because it's I strongly believe that we need more of us because another Latinx people in our community are, are more prone to listen to us. But what do you see foresee changing as more of us start doing financial education in the Latinx community? What a powerful question, and I'm getting goosebumps. So I foresee us collectively helping each other really understand the importance of building wealth. And yes, there has been an increase of people talking about finances, but there's still not enough. So if someone is overwhelmed, but oh my God, who do I listen to, right? Jen is saying this, Lucy is saying this. I mean, there's so many of us, but I want them to know that they have to take action because we are the majority and we have the power to shape so many things from the political issues that are happening in our country, that environment, any social justice issue that you care for, money gives you the power to support that. And collectively, we are going to get there. So you need to come with us (laughs) right now. Absolutely. And the last question, I know you have shared a lot of wisdom and a lot of knowledge, which I appreciate, Lucy. What are your top three tips when it comes to our dinero that you want to leave us with? Know how you're spending your money. Know what money you have coming in, know your cash flow. Do you have any money that you expect to come? Invest now. Don't wait until you say, I'm going to wait until I have 5,000 to start. I'm going to wait until I have a thousand, like start now and ask for those raises at work. Ask for your worth and charge your worth. As Latinos, we have the tendency to undercharge because we have this passion to help our community. We believe that we're doing them a favor and we really are not. We have to start by breaking the cycle and we have to help each other. Those are my three tips. Wonderful, Lucy. Thank you so much. Muchas gracias por todo. I really enjoyed our conversation. I enjoyed having you here. Thank you for what you do. Keep up what you're doing because we need you. We need you. Te necesitamos. Muchas gracias. Gracias a ti. And it's been an honor to be here with you. And I had you on my vision board, by the way. Oh, <laughs> for this year. really? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> now I'm going to so, <laughs> so thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Lucy. Lucy's story touched you as much as it's touched me. It is such a great reminder of how strong and capable we are to change the trajectory of our lives. It is also a reminder that we are not alone. You are not alone. We are in this together. We all have these unique experiences that we can grow from, that we can definitely make 
progress, make changes to really get to and reach those goals. You can connect with Lucy over on Instagram at Viva La Budget and Finance. And I will definitely link that up in today's show notes. But just in case, that is Viva La Budget and Finance. If you love this episode and this conversation, can I ask you to do just two simple things? What are these two things? Share and review. Please share this episode with one person and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. We make it easy for you by going to the resources section of today's episode in the show notes. If you do that and email us at support at jenhempel.com with a screenshot of your review, we will put it in our drawing for a free month of our membership, Financially Strong Circle. So get on it. Next week on the podcast, you will meet Mayra Rocha, who is an Emmy Award-winning journalist who loves talking about financial issues impacting our community. Bueno, pues, that is everything. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to tune into the show. You can check out the show notes at jenhempill.com forward slash 313. That is jenhempill.com forward slash 313. 13. Remember that being the reign of your money starts now simply by claiming it. I believe in you and so should you. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. Chao.